Hello, and welcome back to the least of our problems. I'm Kate. And I'm Lily. And this week, we will be talking about babies, the decision to have them or not have them, and how this decision impacts us, some of the pressures we feel, and the extreme emotional burden that comes along with this huge decision. As women of a certain age, you know, on the cusp of 30, a lot of our friends are having babies, getting married, buying houses, etc. And I know that I get asked or it's hinted at about when I will have a baby, if I will have a baby. And honestly, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I want them. And I just think that it's really important to discuss what happens when you're a little bit unsure. I want to talk about this because we're 29, very near to 30. And the question of my fertility is something that I think about an awful lot. Having babies is also something I think about because I'm now in a same sex relationship. And so having a baby isn't just like, woo, let's have sex, like a fun Thursday evening thing. It's like, <laughs> who's having sex on a Thursday? <laughs> in the calendar, you know, got to get it done. Um, it's something that I would have to think extremely hard about and be 100% sure of something like that. I want to have a baby rather than just like, whoop, I'm pregnant. I feel like that happens a lot is people in heterosexual relationships are like, oh, I don't know if I was ready. Oh, I'm pregnant. Oh, okay, we'll have a baby, which isn't a bad way. But for you, you have to be 100% and actually actively go out of your way to try. Exactly. It would involve surgery, hormones, and most importantly, potentially a lot of money. I thought you were going to say sperm. Well, and <laughs> also incredibly importantly, someone else's sperm. What a choice. What a choice to hold in your hands the half of the genetic make makeup of your future baby and you get to pick that person. More and more and more of my friends are having babies and I couldn't be happier for them and i'm so excited to be fun crazy crazy wine obsessed auntie kate i'm down for that and i but i don't know about you i'm still at the stage where if my period is late i'm, I'm having a crisis and i mean i guess you don't have to worry about that yeah you're right like as a, in a same-sex relationship that is li like my period being late i'm like whatever it'll come when it comes Honestly, but so i did generous. used to keep a huge stash of pregnancy tests <laughs> because when i was in my first relationship i used to be so paranoid about getting pregnant but uh, upon reflection i think that was because i was thinking if i end up pregnant with this man he's not the type of guy that i would want to father a child and my mum always used to tell me the story so she got pregnant with me and she was like, I'm too young. I'm going to have an abortion. And so she went to the abortion clinic and was like, yep, get this baby out of me. And they were like, okay, we just need to, you know, do the heartbeat and check everything's all right. Did the heartbeat. And then my mum asked, she was like, can I hear the heartbeat? And the nurse was like, no, because a lot of people are then like, oh, not sure if I want to get rid of it. So it's best if you just don't hear the heartbeat. But my mum was like, no, I want to hear the heartbeat. And she heard the heartbeat and she was like, I have to keep this baby now. Mm. That baby was me. So I think I was extremely wary that if I got pregnant with this wrong man, 
that potentially I wouldn't have been able to have an abortion. I'd have had to have a baby with someone who I would not want in my life mm. long term. So I feel like women are having a lot less babies now and potentially having them later. So I know that my mum was classified as an older mum. And though you would still be classified as it now because she was 37, you'd still be a geriatric mum. I feel like generationally all of her friends had already had babies or were, were, you know, producing their second or third babies by 37, whereas she just had me. Whereas my friends, and I don't know about yours, Lily, a lot of my friends aren't, though they're having or starting to think about having babies, there are still a huge proportion of them that aren't. And actually research shows that more women are now reaching 30 without a child. And the last time that that happened was like in the 40s or something, 1940s. So half of those that were born in 1990, so in so our generation are not having babies by the time they're 30, which is insane. I definitely feel like we have more choice now. It's definitely a discussion of do you want kids rather than you will be having kids. Like you and your husband will be producing an heir. (laughs) (laughs) An heir to my dog empire. Yeah. So women globally are delaying the birth of their first child with the average age of first birth approaching 32 years, which to me, I'm like, well, yeah, I'm nearly 30 and there's no way near I'm ready to have a kid. My mum was a young mum. She had me at 22. My aunt had babies young. Like everyone from that generation was having babies younger in 19, 20, 21. And we're out here being like, fuck, no, there's no way I'm ready. I don't need a baby. I can barely like wash my own hair. So I think the big question for us here is, do you see yourself having kids? Well, I promised and I sweared to be 100% real, raw and honest on this podcast. And I am going to retract my last five years of being like, babies, gross. Get that away from me. I don't want anything to come out of my vagina, like sickening. No. Recently, I have been looking at babies and being like, kind of cute. You're kind of cute. Like, like little cute hats, little cute shoes. I was at work the other day and I saw a lady taking her grandchild out for a cinnamon bun. And it literally made me so sad that if I never had kids, I would never have grandkids. Like grandkids are like the holy grail, right? Everyone's like, I love my grandkids way more than I ever loved my children. That's what I get. (laughs) It's because I don't have to look after them all the time. Yeah. And so I have done a complete 180 and been like, actually, yes, I think I do want kids prior to this last six months I was like babies can go and live on a different planet for all I care so Kate do you see yourself having children so for me I have always been quite adamant about the fact that I don't want kids mainly because I can't look after myself and mainly because I am intrinsically selfish and I don't think I'd want to have a child and let that kid down well, you are an only child. I am an only child. Uh, and I see so, and I th- I've worked in mental health for so many years and I see so many people who've been brought into the world and then just abandoned by their family. It's getting a bit deep. Um, but like being abandoned or being left because of either the way that they've displayed behaviours or from disabilities or stuff like that. 
that I would never ever want to do that to a child because I would be terrified. And I know that everyone's like, oh, once you give birth to it, you'll love it. I'm terrified that I wouldn't. And I, not that I think that I wouldn't, but some people just don't bond with their kids. And I'm terrified that that would ever happen. Then I ebb and I flow. And mm-hmm. I think that I might be sad when everyone else is in their forties and having their little nuclear families. I'm sad that I won't have that. And what will, what the fuck will I do? Like everyone will be busy with their kids. And I'm like, oh, anybody fancy a Wednesday wine? And I'm like, oh no, sorry, I'm watching Bluey. I'm also scared that I'm going to get to a age where my childbearing potential is zilch and I'll regret it. But I think it's easier to regret not having a child than regret having a child. Even though I'm saying I potentially do want a child, I do not want one now, nor do I want one any time in the near future. And to be honest, that is the brilliance of dating a younger woman because she has loads of childbearing years ahead of her. So I feel quite safe in the knowledge that even if I was to wait until I was like 37, she could still healthily carry a child and I would not have to get involved in that shit. I've never envisioned myself pregnant. I've never envisioned myself having children. And so just dating a woman, I was like, yes, this feels right. So why would you not want to have children? The absolute top number one is that I'm very interested at the moment in building my career. And I was listening to this girl on, she's a woman actually, on Instagram called Jen Atkin. I'm sure everyone knows who she is. But she was saying that the 20s are for, you know, messing around, having drinks, going out with your friends, staying out all night, doing the stupid shit. Your 30s are for building your career and your 40s are for having a family. I want to focus on building my career and I feel like if I was going to have a child, I would have to rely on a lot of things like access to childcare and the ability to pay for it and potential parental help. Obviously, that would be free. But this relies <laughs> on your parents being around and not working. And my mum is still, you know, she works full time. So this got me to thinking and I looked into it and I was like, can women ha- still have babies and have a career? And it turns out, that there's still this myth that women can have it all. So in this survey, the researcher, she looked at the top 10% of women and she defined these, she's called them high achieving women and they earn between 55,000 to 100,000 a year. And she found out that no, women cannot have it all. So she found that half of all of these successful women do not have children. And it seems that they didn't actively make the choice. They were just kind of working in their career and almost lost track of time and got to 40 and just didn't have a child. It's because women experience tremendous demands when in ambitious careers. And plus, there's still inequalities within the male-female relationship. And to add a nice cherry onto this cake, women spend the early years building their careers. But as it turns out, these years overlap perfectly with the prime years of childbearing. So while successful men are at the office having a bun in the oven at home... Successful women are at the office giving up the potential to have a baby. So, yeah. And it turns out, actually, that it is all men's fault still, which is super classic. I was doing some research on a similar area, but in the UK. And the women just don't have the option, even if they want to have a child. Our work culture is still very anti 
pregnant woman. Mm. So loads and loads of women have been interviewed and a lot of them felt either that they were told by employers, which is awful, told by employers to not have a baby wow. when they expressed that they were looking at looking for it. One woman even st stated that when she told her boss she was pregnant, her boss said, I would have put you up for this promotion. However, you've had this baby. If the baby was to disappear, you would be up for the promotion. We're not helped in those years as women or given the opportunity as women to go, okay, even though your baby making years are your prime career things, we're not going to give you any time off that. We're not going to give you any leeway. You, you have to make your decision. So even in 2024, when we've meant to have all of these equal rights, we are still considered to be lesser because we are making the next generation. Big shout out really quickly. If anybody is pregnant, there is a company called Nugget who update all of the current laws for women who are um, pregnant or going on maternity leave. So they're really a good source of information if you are. Uh, I've been watching a lot of their stuff because the laws are all updating for pregnant women. You are now getting more job security. So do you think that you're ready for a kid? If you fell pregnant right now, do you think you're ready? Number one problem, um, I have no money. So that's like the main factor. And also technically I'm still living at home. I'm living with my partner's parents, but that's still at home. Um, second reason is I really want to travel more. Um, I want to go interrailing. My brother is in Australia and I want to go and see him. I just feel like I haven't discovered the world enough. I don't actually know where I want to settle down. Yeah. Um, I do, however, on the flip side, feel extremely emotionally ready. Like I'm 29. I've had five different therapists. I have talked about all my childhood problems. I've cried a lot, which is that probably quite at odds with how the generation above me, so Gen X and the baby boomers, was probably backwards. So they probably had the funds in the house, but they probably weren't emotionally ready. They just popped them out and left them to the nanny. Yeah. And I would argue that that's why everyone's mum, brother and uncle is, are all in therapy now. No, no, no. They're all actively avoiding therapy. <laughs> actively avoiding their feelings. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. buying houses instead. Yeah. Are you ready for a child, Kate? No. No. Before you even finish that question, no. Financially, no. Emotionally, I think I'm ready to give to something emotionally, but maybe a dog. Also, I feel like all the mum influencers on Instagram and stuff like that know how to make mini pancakes and just give them to their kid. I'd have no idea. They seem to know how to cook everything. They seem to know how to cook a crumble from scratch. Here's vegan banana bread that I baked with love out of my yeast from my vagina. That sounds about right. <laughs> so, should we talk about some attitudes towards motherhood? Yes. One... <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah i think we should cool so one of the main reasons that i feel like i don't want to have children is because of the stigma attached to motherhood i don't want to be associated with the judgments that society make on mothers and i feel like there are a lot of stigmas like attitudes opinions of like loads of nosy parkers towards mothers and so i thought we should break them down look at them and discuss them mm-hmm so let's talk working mothers. First and foremost, one thing, 
why are they called working mothers yet a dad is just a dad or Brian from the office? The social attitude towards working mothers isn't very rosy. Mm-mm. They are perceived as less warm, less effective as a parent, and less interpersonally appealing. Can I just chime in here? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yet, if they didn't go back to work, they would be, as we spoke about with our mums in episode one of season two, go back and listen to it. They said that often women were seen as lazy for not going back to work and living off their husbands and almost starting to apologise for it. So should mums give up work and just stay at home then? Well, as it turns out, mums who go to work actually have a nicer outlook on what it is to be a mum. Working mums found that motherhood was less boring, less exhausting, less stressful and less socially isolating. Hear, hear. Right? So even though attitudes have slowly shifted since the 90s and that mothers should be able to go to work, most people still believe that mums should only work part-time and have concerns over daytime childcare. And ultimately, every study that I've ever read on mo- working mothers, every the large percent of the population agree that it's best for the baby to be with the mum. I'm like, okay, that's your opinion. Also... We can't do that all the time. It's a good idea to eat vegetables all day, every day, and not eat too much red meat. Yet we still fucking do it. Also, mums, we are forgetting, are a valuable asset to the workplace. If you just took mothers out, it would just be all white middle middle class Brian's. (laughs) Yeah, that's what we don't want. We don't want Brian's running the world. Get rid of Brian. (laughs) It's absolutely ridiculous and what do we expect them to do when they stay at home we expect them to not only look after the children do all of the chores do all of the cooking stay being a stay-at-home mum is great and actually it's been found that it's a fucking tough job but also 72 percent of people wherever believe that that should be the role is that they should be at home cooking cleaning which is mad do you think it's more men that they interviewed probably knowing surveys and research that's conducted but i also think that people love to have these opinions of other people when it literally doesn't affect them you can also see from the rest of the study that stay-at-home parents have reported lower levels of mental health. So more depression, more sang- like sadness, more anger, more isolation, which then in turn impacts the rest of the world. Also, I'm not a mum, so I could just be chatting out my ass, but I do feel like there's a lot of guilt surrounding motherhood. And I feel like a lot of women need to be freed from this motherhood guilt. They have a job so they feel guilty for not being at home they stay at home so they feel guilty for not having a job and the cycle is just completely endless where really women are keeping the human race alive Mm -hmm. so they just need to give themselves well we need to give mothers a break they deserve a break what i also think that a lot of mothers are experiencing now is the older generations going oh we didn't do it like that in our day oh oh no look at that She's not, she's giving a baby a dummy. When she was a kid, she just had a thumb and sucked on water from a puddle. And I'm like, yeah, what you did in your day was told little Timothy to go to his room and never cry ever again because it's not very manly. And now we can't talk about his feelings. 
And he's now being a fuck boy and <laughs> not texting anyone back at the age of 50. Good job. You did a good job. We should take more notes from you. <laughs> uh, and everyone's got a fucking opinion. I know. So the other mother stereotype is that the mums are the mean ones are the dads are the fun ones. And unfortunately, that is true. <laughs> Single parent family. Uh, Kate, you've been bringing up your dead dad a lot today. Are you okay? The dad was very fun until he died. <laughs> um, apparently, people think that mums are judgmental, nosy and stifling. And this stupid stereotype has gone all the way into adverts. So a New Zealand bank had an ad that read come chat we won't judge we're your bank we're not your mum where's the dad in that thank you for enforcing outdated slash made up stereotypes my mum the bank of mum my mums would be come <laughs> chat we'll judge you uh we we're not a bank <laughs> your dad's dead <laughs> and we're not just imagining this difference at all there's plenty of evidence that details mums are actually less happy a lot more stressed and a lot more tired that's probably because they're doing all the fucking work so unfortunately science really does back this up um so what is going on fathers have it easier right i think we can all agree and mothers are held to a much higher standard so there's another sciencey thing that explains that there's like a sciencey thing that happens right there are more realistic and flexible models of what it means to be a good dad compared to what it means to be a good mum so there's multiple models of good fathering and it allows the father to be seen as being good for doing a number of different things like earning money and making only slight small contributions to caretaking right okay so dads can be good in a multitude of different ways Mums, however, there's only one good mother model and she has to be committed, ever available and deeply involved. So in conclusion, is it any wonder that women are having less and less babies? Literally, no. Why would we want them if we're not going to get fired from our jobs, be told to get rid of the babies? Women are experiencing so much stigma around parenthood and dads just seem to be let off the hook as someone who is a bit unsure i have actually looked into the options so adoption um freezing my eggs etc and it's fucking expensive it could cost me upwards of three grand to fucking free to collect them which is painful apparently then freeze them for x amount of years you can also only freeze them up to like 10 years or something. It's not like you can freeze them for 40 years. You're planning on having a baby when you're 80. And also I think it's a complete myth just based on watching the Kardashians that frozen eggs are going to thaw well and then you're going to be able to use them. So that you could just be spending all that money for no reason for the eggs to be completely unviable. Or you can get a surrogate. How much is that, Lily? To have a surrogate, it would be between... 50 and 80,000 pounds. Which is obviously why all celebrities do it. But there's no way like anyone can afford. So celebrities and rich people can afford to really work on their career or get their dream body and still have kids. Mm -hmm. Do you see? It's like rich 
can have loads of stuff and poor people can't. I mean, Taylor's old as time, but like, it just doesn't seem very fair. I think that brings us nicely on to kind of body image and having a child. I don't necessarily listen to much mum related podcasts because I am not a mother. But one podcast that I happen to listen to because I like the person on it, they were talking about body image and they were like, oh, you bounce back so quickly after pregnancy. Vomit. Vomit. Why does it matter? She produced a whole fucking human. Why should her body bounce back straight away? Also, even just the term bounce back. And like, yeah. And it reminds me of when Molly May had her child and everyone was like, so when are you going to lose the weight? When are you going to lose your baby weight? And she was, she's so in the public eye. And I imagine that affected her a lot. Mm-hmm. And that must have been like super hard for her to go through. Whereas someone like Kylie Jenner has her baby and can, you know, has a nutritionist, has a PT, probably has had a little bit of surgery done. Mm-hmm. And then immediately, like a month after the baby looks 10 out of 10 fabulous. Mm-hmm. And then there are other mums who don't have access to those sort of things and thinking, why do I still look shit? Or why do I feel like shit? I'm like, no, you just probably don't have access to things that, again, rich people have access to. Also, a lot of it is down to genetics. Like either you have that stretchy type of skin or you don't. You may not be able to exercise straight away after as well. So you might also not not fucking want to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) You might just want to have some time with your newborn baby. I wouldn't want to exercise. I don't want to exercise now. Um, I think it's important to know we are not mums we're not intending to be mums yeah and I feel like we wanted to bring some light to the mums and kind of discuss the absolute inequality that is having babies (laughs) it's now time for our overrated and underrated Lily what is your underrated or your overrated my overrated is the Queen Charlotte series of Bridgerton. It just felt really slow. I couldn't get into it. What about you? My overrated is moving to Australia and thinking that life is going to fix itself. Underrated? Mm-hmm. Having a good cry. I feel like crying is still extremely frowned upon almost. Something that you have to do in complete solitude mm. or maybe with your mum or something. But really... If if you're at work and something was really stressful and you just went into the back and had like a 30 second cry, you would then probably be able to come out and you'd feel a lot better and you've released all your frustration. But crying is still extremely stigmatized. It's just like an emotion. It's just like laughing or feeling anxious. But still people are like, oh, can't cry. Oh my God, I'm such an advocate for a cry. Yeah. So and I think men would feel a lot better if they started crying as well underrated here we go the archers dramatic 10 out of 10 like short sweet 13 minutes nothing it's the radio equivalent of the gilmore girls yet you get a little more drama and it's agriculturally educational i've learned a lot about cows (laughs) (laughs) uh do you have a confession I have a confession. Okay. So as everyone knows, because I've spoken about it consistently since I found out, I am gluten-free now due to medical demands. Maybe we should do a shot every time you mention it. My 
partner who does all the cooking, bless her soul, was like, oh, I really fancy gnocchi. There's a really nice gnocchi tray bake. Um, can you have gnocchi? It's just like potato, right? And I was like, yeah, just potato. Because I really wanted to eat the gnocchi. So I didn't say anything. And then she cooked it and it was delicious. And then I had to tell her afterwards. And I was like, that actually has wheat in. And I'm supposed to be like gluten-free for like six months just to see if it has any impact. And then if it doesn't, I can like add gluten in here and there. But I just really wanted to eat and specifically gnocchi. If it was pasta, I'd been like, no, not bothered. But there's something about gnocchi. And I was just like straight up lying. I was like, no, gnocchi doesn't have any wheat in. (laughs) I can definitely eat that. Please cook that for me. And then ate it and was extremely bloated. No, no regrets. No regrets. No That's regrets. fine. You can you can have a white lie to have what you want in life. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming back yet again. If you have, thank you so much for listening. Thank we'll you. We'll see you next week with another cool, fun, young, hip episode. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday, and we'll see you next week. Love K- you. Kisses and hugs. Okay. Oh, it's very so- affectionate. <laughs> Bit fucking Reel key. it in, please. <laughs> bit fucking key. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit too much. It's just a podcast. <laughs>